Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Incomparable, number 685. September 2023. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. We conclude this little uh, trilogy of the September, it might not be September anymore, (laughs) September of Superman with the sequel to Superman 2. I know you're thinking Superman 3, (laughs) but no, because Superman Returns came out in 2006 and it said, we're going to pretend that there were two Superman movies and then we made our own Superman movie after that. So this is the Superman Returns, a an homage and sequel to Superman 1 and 2, starring Brandon Routh as Superman. And uh, joining me to talk about this third Superman movie, because we're just going to go with it, right? We're going to go with it, people. <laughs> are uh, It's an unexpectedly large group of people to talk about a movie from 2006. Cicero Holmes is here. Cicero, thank you for being here. I hope you're wearing a cape. Jack, that's a bad outfit. That was two episodes Ooh. ago, but reference acknowledged. <laughs> David J. Lore is here. Hi, David. I I know it's been a while. Thank you for giving me my job back. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's because Jerry died. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Shelly Brisbane is here. Hi, Shelly. Hi, Jason. My password is Superman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good security. <laughs> highest, <laughs> highest of securities. Uh, Moises Chuyan is here. Hello. Jason, as a, as a seasoned journalist, I think I'm finally figuring out that these things that very obviously look like latitude and longitude coordinates mm-hmm. are coordinates. Co- I think they're coordinates. I think you're right. I think you're right. And Erica Ensign. Hello. Hello. I am here for Brandon Routh and Brandon Routh only. Uh, although he should not have blue eyes. That is the one thing I have to say. It's just, oh, it, that's weird. Mm. Interesting. So mm-hmm. we uh, watched the first two Superman movies and we discovered that there were things about them that we didn't like and that maybe our memory was tricking us all along. Um, and then in the midst of recording the Superman 2 episode, I mentioned Superman Returns and Erica. I, I had put it on the <laughs> schedule and then I had taken it off the schedule. And I was like, are we going to do three weeks about Superman? Are we going to do two weeks about Superman? And when I mentioned Superman Returns to Erica sh- and described what it was, Erica was like, oh, that's interesting. We should do that. <laughs> and so we're here. So thanks, Erica. Um, I vaguely remember I'm here for Brandon Routh. You didn't. Yeah. You may have said more things than that, but I totally tuned out after oh, his okay. name. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that was the first. I, I'm sure I led with that. Uh, and uh, I, I remember watching this movie in 2006, and I think at least once since, and having fairly positive feelings about it. So, again, 
we've learned with previous Superman movies, don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your memories. You got to watch it because <laughs> you never know. I'm also going to say up front that two of the people involved in making this movie are essentially unemployable in Hollywood because they're alleged to have done horrible things. We're not going to go mm-hmm. into the horrible things, but just to say, yes, I know Brian Singer directed it. And yes, Kevin Spacey is in it as Lex Luthor. And if that bothers <laughs> you, then don't watch it because they're, you know, Kevin Spacey's all over it <laughs> and Brian Singer made on, it. So there. On the plus side, he is an eminently hissable villain. He is. Yeah. He is. It's yeah. true. So if yeah, you would like to hiss at Kevin yeah. Spacey, uh, you may do so. But anyway, just to acknowledge that the, the, those guys basically uh, won't work again. <laughs> and <Good>. Probably. Uh, <laughs> for nope. a while, if not forever. Anyway, I mean, who knows this world? But uh, anyway, they're, right. they're just acknowledging very bad things uh, alleged to have been done by them and various legal proceedings, some of which were resolved and some of which were not. But like, there it is. Just putting a putting a flag up for that. So I wanted to say, having watched these movies all in short succession, how delighted I was by many things in this movie, really, that are clearly homages to the first two movies. But I must begin mm-hmm. with the credits because the credits pay homage <laughs> to the first two movies while being vastly more interesting and dynamic here, than those here. credit sequences mm-hmm. were. Yeah. Oh, so, God, yes. Hooray. I mean, CGI planets yeah. and stuff and stars that you can see yeah. and all that. And they like, they added another color for the actors <laughs> so that they and weren't just all the same color. <laughs> it's all a little bit faster. There's some pans. There's mm-hmm. one pan where they have to pan around like a planet to another planet. And one of the mm-hmm. actors' names, I think it might be Kate Bosworth, is like, or maybe it's Parker Posey, is coming toward the camera as it's panning. And you can see like their name has to kind of like, like do a little uh like a, a a change in trajectory in order to like hey hey camera camera it's time for me now you stay with me now uh that made me laugh but uh i just i liked i liked yeah, that laughed. it was an homage but also uh modern uh, 2006 modern and um and less boring considering how fast it's moving um it's i was surprised by the rest of the movie <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but that that yes, well, we'll get there. So one of the things <laughs> the memory does not re- recall later is the pacing. Um, although sometimes it does in strange ways <laughs> that you remember. Still the felt that, <laughs> still felt way faster than the first I, two. My God, I, I'm just. I'm just saying my my memory of this movie is sort of like that there's a boat involved that like that's my memory is like they could have spent two hours on the boat. And to be fair, once you get on the boat, it seems like it takes two hours. But it we, does. We, we will we will get there. Um, we begin with a, 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 an old woman dying, but not before. Well, actually, she's in the midst of signing over everything she owns to Lex Luthor. But before that, we have a title card explaining that there's that's continuity that happened. Oh, that's before right. This. You're right. 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 Superman got lost on the way to his home planet. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. I, t- I took too many left turns. Oopsie. No, you're right. it, Superman it is... may have x-ray vision, but his GPS kind of sucks. I find it fascinating that they f- have the title card because it's explained later in dialogue why Superman left and when. And so having both that, because he says later, yes, when the astronomers found thought they found the ruins of Krypton, I had to go see for myself. And yet the title card is like Superman left because astronomers might have found Krypton and he had to see it for himself. It's like, yeah, movie. 
<laughs> but to be fair, it took them a really long time for him to come back and say that. They, I'm not saying yes. they should have done it that way, but it's not as if it was done like two minutes later. It's no, like, just in case you didn't read the title card. It seemed unnecessary to do both to me. But I it, agree. I agree. I'm just there saying. Were, there, was a lot, there were a lot of things in this film, though, that, that seemed unnecessary. Um, but, but yeah, but that's this, that part, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of agree with Shelly. Like it was way later in the movie and it would have been really confusing. He talks to his mom about it right up front though. So if they would have just made that dialogue a little bit more clear as to why he had gone looking for it and when and how long he had been away, Uh then yes, they could have done away with the title card. But like he does, he does touch on it right away. It's just not quite enough as much as later. Or the second set of dialogue that is literally him reading the same text that's in the title (laughs) card, which is just... See, that's my objection to it, that it is so late. If it had been earlier on, they wouldn't have needed a title, just what Erica said, that because I'm wondering that I'm wondering, OK, where are we? Why has he been gone? Obviously, his being gone has been noticed by other people. A lot of stuff has happened. Did the writers of this movie misremember the end of Superman 2 and think that he <laughs> left Earth to go back to his home planet? Because the I premise wondered... feels like that, but that's not it. They right. had to sort of no. say, oh, imagine that then right after Superman 2, he left. Uh, well, they misremembered how... Krypton was destroyed <laughs> right? because in mm-hmm. the original movies, it, it just exploded well, here. It's not just, a, not yes, only the, did it explode, exploding. uh, it was, it was gone for thousands of years. Thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, the previous movie that this is supposed to be a sequel to uh, happened a quarter century before in, this movie indeed. did. <laughs> indeed, and, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it is. Look, look. The 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 meteorite that Lex steals because boy, that, that guy loves stealing meteorites. People uh, is from 1978, which is a little hat tip to the original. And yeah, the timeline. What is it? I don't know how it works. It doesn't matter. It's not really the point. But but the idea here is that Clark. Uh, after the events of Superman 2, basically, or Superman, you can think of him either way if you like, decided to go back and and uh, he was shaken by the idea that they had found where Krypton was. And so he went there to see for himself um, that, that I have questions about like his power and the yellow sun. And then he leaves the solar system. And does he not have his power anymore? I guess he does or he mm-hmm. would have died. I don't know. But I kind of like he had that, a giant rock. To he was in the him. spaceship. He did have and a rock. Well, he comes back in the giant ship, but yeah. where did he get the giant ship? Well, the giant, the giant ship had, uh, yeah, it had it had sun rays in it. it That's was, how he got there. Uh, well, you guys, he built it on Earth. That's yes. how he got there, and how he using got the power back. of crystal technology. Exactly, that is very powerful. Okay. It looked exactly like the crystal stuff. Considering the amount of, of retelling of exposition that this movie does, they didn't go over any of that. I know. Seem, seems like maybe a missed opportunity, um, but I'll bring this up again later. I just want to bring it up now. Did he pack five years worth of lunches? Um, I just I just want to know what his what his plan was. He just doesn't eat. He doesn't, he doesn't need, need he doesn't human need nutrition air. at all. He doesn't need food. No, just the or, just I mean, the, the tra- yellow sun. He traveled for twelve years with his dad in the first movie. I have no problem mm. with this. He yeah. survives on the power of exposition. Uh, he does, and be and, and yeah, and his cape is out of boy. Just in or case. Deep sea. Um, <laughs> the it's it's fruit leather. Yeah. yeah. It's funny that we're that we've stopped to talk about this because I feel like this movie is at its best when you don't worry about it. Um, right. Yes. <laughs> so well, there's so many things are repeated in this movie. Like yeah, they, like yeah. they give you something. Like even even the 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 Arthur C. Clarke quote gets repeated twice by two different people. It's like stop it. Yeah. There's a there's a lot. 
there's a lot. Should I walk through the movie or should I should we take it apart in pieces? We could do it either way. I, I don't really I care. liked it. I'm not taking it apart oh, no, at no. all. No, I just mean analyzing the bits of because there's various uh. plot bits. And, and yeah. I liked I liked or it too. Walking versus running. I, I'm gonna movie, I'm right? gonna go I'm I'm gonna go and say from from the perspective of 2023, um, this is a way better superhero movie than Superman one and two. There I, I said so, it. Okay. I was gonna say this is you know, because I I remember seeing Superman two in the theater, and all these years it's been like, oh well, Superman two that was a terrific film, and then watching it the other week and going, uh, oh that's not really that good. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah. and this I thought it was I just had me. ignored it at the time, and then because I heard some of the plot points, and I'm thinking I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know, and um, and so this is literally the first time I've seen it, and um. I think this might be the best of the Superman films with some caveats, but yeah, I, in fact, I would go so far as to say it feels to me like what I remember the other Superman. Yes. Uh, Yes. (sighs) Well said. Wow. That's a hell of a trick. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not by, by no means a perfect movie by no means, but, um, well, since, since, since we're on qualitative uh, things, um, here's the thing. People constantly say, Finally, a good Superman movie. They don't say great. They don't ever say great. It's always good. And I'm not. I'm not saying that that this is a terrible, horrible, irredeemable movie with you know nothing, nothing good or validating about it. Um, but it's not great, and it's it's an unfortunate indictment of one of the cleanest, simplest archetypal characters that DC has that they have just not really completely hit it out of the park making a superman movie mm. in in all senses mm. where the best version of it that they have really is this one um by a long shot yeah. um despite what the swamp gas did to me toward the beginning of the man of steel episode um <laughs> well which no, the man see that's continue a, I, to live in in infamy i would argue the first half of man of steel is that moment where i'm like oh this is really interesting and then finally lost me completely right. they got it but but here i i think Okay, I've got. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to walk through the plot as well as because we got a lot of big ideas. Having, especially having watched yeah. these three in, in succession, I don't need to walk through the plot. We'll get to the bits that are interesting as we go. But um, a, a thesis. I'm not sure I entirely buy this, but I want to throw it out there, which is um, one of the things that this movie. Me- when I mentioned that it it plays like how I remember the first two movies playing, I think part of that is. It acknowledges what the other two movies, especially the first movie, don't they're they're busy doing it and not quite being it yet, which is um, the connection between Lois and Superman and Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve and that chemistry that leads to some magical scenes in movies that are otherwise, you know, not that great. But the magic is what we remember. And I think that in making this movie, they they said, look, what do we remember about those movies that we love? Let's do that again. A little bit like and please, we don't have to go into it too much, but I'll say a little bit like, say, J.J. Abrams and The Force Awakens, where it's sort of like. It's not quite a remake because it's not, but it's playing some of the hits. And there's something to be said from that, especially when you take the hits from movies that were kind of broken and and try to put them in another movie. And so I found it funny that what this movie does that I think is very successful is um, it's trying to lean on the connection between Clark and Lois, Superman and Lois, but it's also trying to find a good way to tell a story about Superman. And the their answer here is 
Superman works when he's solving problems and when he has interpersonal issues because he has all the powers, right? So the issues are either application of his powers. How do I fix this? It's not just I am strong. It's like, how do I fix it? Or how do I fix the human heart? Those are the two things that he has to deal with. And this movie has a lot of that. And I think that's one of the reasons that I like it is because yes. it seems to have like a better idea of what to do with that. And it's also trading on our memories of the connections of Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeve. Now, the actors in this film don't have that connection, which is too bad. Mm, Who does? Nope. But they don't. Uh, you but know what, Jason? There's a I little have bit that there. connection with I have that connection with Brendan Routh right, myself. Right, right, well, right. so that I made was, up for I a was, lot. Look, I was trying not to right. throw Kate Bosworth under the bus because I think right. she's the problem. But look, yeah. anyway, she what, is, though. before we get to the actors, uh, what do you think about this idea of like what makes this movie? you know, work or not work in terms of uh, having seen the other two movies. And like, cause that's my theory is that I think it's sort of like playing on our feelings about that, that connection from those first two movies, but also like zeroing in a little bit more on like, when is Superman interesting? <laughs> so I, w I wish that they had really delved. So my head canon going into what I knew about this film when I went to see it in the theater was that, they were going to lean really heavily into the fact that uh, Clark Kent Kal-El Superman was heartbroken over the fact that this woman that he loved to acknowledge she loved him, he knew they knew each other. They couldn't be together. And, and you know, and that he went right. away to try and figure himself out. And then he comes back to find out that their their quick dalliance <laughs> created another life and he's got to deal with that and deal with this relationship with him and Lois and try and figure out how to make all of that stuff work as Clark and as Superman. And I thought that that was kind of going to be what the film was about. And it, and it wasn't <laughs> really. No, it's in there. Yeah. Right. It's in there. But the yeah. End. Yeah. But that's yeah. not what the film is about. <laughs> no, but I I so wish it was. I I think part of why I liked this one is that it has a straightforward, coherent plot that starts at the beginning of the movie and goes through to the end. And yeah, it could go a little faster. I mean, it's a two and a half hour movie that could easily lose 40 minutes and it would be a really good movie. Um because we don't need repetitive shots of mm -hmm. things happening. It's just, just like, get to it, man. But uh, I, th I think the plot makes sense. It is, you know, it's a standard comic book plot. It's a pretty good one. Uh, and then you have the added wrinkle of the interpersonal relationship, which is that's, that's a story we haven't seen Superman in yet. Right. So I like that. I agree with David about the length of it absolutely hurting it because it, it it's just too much fluff in there and too yeah. much stuff that doesn't need to be in there. And honestly, like as somebody who likes to see a relationship as an important and, and not just a bolted on part of a superhero movie... I'm supposed to like this movie. This is supposed to be for me because there's so much interpersonal. And I found myself just being annoyed that he was superman was so mopey throughout it was like it was too much um, yes be mopey through part of it deal with your stuff and maybe even leave some of your stuff unresolved but there was too much of it between the, him being mopey and so much of it being uh how he's dealing with the fact that he's that he's encountered kryptonite and therefore temporarily doesn't have his powers it kind of 
prevents him from being Superman for too long a part of the movie. And I think if you had cut the movie down, as David suggests, maybe that wouldn't have been so noticeable. I don't mind Superman without his powers. I don't mind him worrying about his interpersonal relationship. But if the movie is that long, all of the things that are wrong with it are going to be, and right with it, are going to be too long. And if you just cut the movie short, you probably would have had more balance. Maybe it's because this is the first time that I saw this movie and I had just seen Superman's one and two. I didn't like I didn't think it felt that long. I mean, a bit long. Yes. And I saw the 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 time code when I started and I was like, oh, my God. And it, to me, it didn't feel as long as those numbers told me that it was that it was going to. And I think maybe part of it is because it was all fresh for me because I had never seen it before. But also a little bit of, of some of the the longer shots and the lingering on stuff to me actually felt like yet another homage to those really, really slow movies that were <laughs> that were at the beginning. But Jason, I think that you're I think you're premise is is pretty pretty spot on. I think the, those the are the interesting things about Superman and I think that the reason that I like them that I like this movie is is in part because of that and in part because of what David was saying about it. it's actually got a coherent plot. It's got a beginning yeah. and a middle and an end and it's it's one movie. Um it is however one movie that's got like the several really big sort of plot themes. It's not just Superman dealing with his inner stuff and it's not just Superman dealing with his figuring out how to use his powers in order to to hurt Lex Luthor. Like those each could have probably held their own movie and Mm -hmm. I think that's like it's two different sides of what Superman is trying to, to do and get across here that are both happening. And to me, I I mean, I guess there's there's certainly stuff you could take out, but there was nothing where I was watching it and thought, I wish this part was gone because I was interested in all of it enough. And again, I will own the fact that I'm happy to watch Brandon Routh just sit there and stare for <laughs> as long as he would care to. Um, but I just, I wasn't, I wasn't bored. I didn't feel like it dragged in the same way uh, that that, that the earlier movies did and I felt like both both of those pieces of Superman were were maybe more fleshed out than than they needed to be for one single movie but I thought it it, it kind of worked again we haven't gotten to casting yet but just in terms of the basic themes of Superman I thought that was interesting and he wasn't without his powers for more than like what 15 minutes or yeah, something or is yeah. my sense of time really yeah. no, it's, it's off? very no. brief but it's it's all it's it's kind of it feels elongated because of the that happens in such a long stretch and yes. because you know it's going to resolve but at the some point I'm just waiting for it to resolve because you know it has to happen and I like and and I, and that gets to a problem I have with the movie because that is it's not the logical ending of the movie when he's rescued but it does feel like all the stuff after that oh. is tacked on Shelley and- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I literally have a line. <laughs> Uh, in my notes, it's about eight lines from the end that says, "Feels like maybe the movie should have ended already." And, and yeah. I mean, this is this is not a movie with just third act problems. It's got third act problems, and part of the problem with the third act is that there's kind of a fourth act, and it's, it's got like a two epilogue problem. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So like, once the rings, they get in, once they get out the to sea, but especially after the crystal bomb goes off, it. There's way too much of everything that I actually like the scenes of Superman saving the city. Um, but 
but the there's like when we're on like Lex Island and there's like lots of stuff on the boat after Lex has left the boat where the kid is in peril and Lois and mm-hmm. James Marsden comes with his plane and 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 that goes on for a long time right. and then yeah, and then on Lex's cool. island with Superman goes on for a long time and when he disappears into the core of the earth in order to lift up Lex Island and throw it into space he's right. gone for a long time it right. just is all <laughs> a lot Hey, everybody, this is the time of year when we remind you how you can support this podcast by becoming a member of The Incomparable. You can sign up for a monthly or annual pledge to support this podcast directly. Here's what you do. Go to theincomparable.com slash members and sign up. That's it. Choose which shows on the network you'd like to support, including this one. If you check the box for The Incomparable Mothership, your contribution will come to us after a few fees are taken out. And if you listen to other podcasts on the network, you can also check their boxes and spread it around. As a thank you for supporting us, members receive lots of extras. There are several exclusive podcast feeds, including an ad-free special edition of this very podcast, The Incomparable Mothership. There are bootlegs of lots of different live recording sessions, a special feed full of bonus episodes that only members get to hear, and access to a fun members-only Discord. It really is fun. You should check it out. But you got to be a member to do it. New members also receive some free incomparable swag. That is right. So we're going to do some bonus episodes as we do all the time. So many things we're going to put in the feed. Uh, commentary tracks are very popular. You watch a movie, you play an MP3, and suddenly we're sitting right there with you commenting on the movie you're watching. There are contribution levels at $5, $10, and $20 a month. Annual equivalents are available, of course. If you'd like to support us, go theincomparable.com slash members sign up you can get this very podcast with no ads in it plus a whole lot more a whole lot more so much good stuff check it out theincomparable.com slash members one of the big fundamental things about the movie for me i try to look at this through the lens of you know what roger ebert said about taking a movie on its own terms and this is a movie that Warner Brothers brass, you know, whatever the mythologizing is about how Brian Singer had this passionate vision, blah, blah, blah. Well, the screenwriters went on vacation with him and basically put together the story. And that's not something uh, that's not something that happens in a case where it it wasn't the result of executives going, hey, so we're just going to make this continue the continuity of the two good Superman movies. Yeah. You guys reverse engineer a movie out of that. And and that to me is where a lot of the structural issues of the movie buckling under its own weight come from where you get to the natural end of the movie and you've got more movie to do because, (laughs) you know, in theory, you're going to do a sequel. And it sounds like there were multiple visions of what that sequel was going to be and that it underperformed. So it didn't matter. Um, But you you set up all of this stuff like you have you have the technical debt of picking up that quarter century old narrative and and translating it into something that'll move forward and this is what you get is something that has a lot of good parts don't get me wrong um but you know for for convenience's sake some of the worst stuff about it like the way that they wrote lois lane which i wouldn't put on kate bosworth because i don't think she was behind the uh, the final draft uh keyboard for that um you know you you, you set certain things up that that end up poking holes in in something like you're constantly plugging holes in the ship that is continuing to get shot up oh, as you're continuing to sail it a ship you say oh <laughs> a, a ship. I, mean, I, I would say what i would say to that moises is that only i mean it's yet another homage to the first two superman movies that of course warner is going to be <laughs> meddling with it and have bigger plans that are going to affect it creatively um 
some other content related things. I mentioned this earlier, but I want to get back to it here. Two scenes, especially, I really appreciate in this movie for for doing what I said earlier, which is giving Superman a problem to solve because the question is not, can he do it? Because he can do anything. It's how. Can he figure it out? Because in the end, the, the problem is what challenges him. So, for example, there is a ridiculous set, uh, set piece, which is straight out of Superman you know, the, the original Superman movie. So it's fine. Uh, where there's a space shuttle on a Boeing 777 that is apparently a passenger configuration full of people, which is just <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but that's okay. Because, because, and at both these points, the movie's kind of a disaster movie and I kind of love it. Uh, and the idea is how is Superman going to save? So he like flies up there and he gets the space shuttle off, but the plane is doing like Mach 1 and it's burst and it's like burning up. And he tries to grab it and, and slow it down and and it pops a wing off of it. So that's worse. So how is he going to handle this? And he's trying to figure out like how he, how he can maneuver it. And I like that about it. And then later he lands it in the, in the middle of the ballpark. And then later the other disaster movie set is when the rumble from the like crystals earthquake is coming toward Metropolis. Mm-hmm. And there's an extended scene and it's probably too long again, even though I like it where and this goes to the joy of Superman too a little bit where where I, I could have seen maybe more of it, but at least it's Superman being Superman where he has to work to save the city. So he has to like blow the gas explosion back and catch the Daily Planet globe that has fallen off the building and, and like saving the guy who falls out of his crane and all of that, where it's like, first off, that's very Superman. And second, it's like, how does Superman deal with this earthquake and all of these things that are happening at once? And I thought that was fun too, because those are like... It, it's about, like, how does he do his job, I guess, I find more interesting than, like, uh, of course he can crush coal into diamonds, but that's not very interesting. But how he solves the problem of the the Boeing 777 that's going Mach 1 and burst into flames, even though his solution is, you know, grab it. I get it. But, like, the way it's shown... It is dramatic and you can see him like, I'll try this. Oh, that didn't work. I like, okay, I'll try something else. And in the end, he's like holding the nose up as as they crash to the earth and he stops it just in time and crumples the nose. I, I thought that was all like, that's good Superman stuff. Like as set pieces go for a Superman movie, seeing him try to use his brain with his powers, like that stuff all worked for me. And I, I found it really satisfying, actually. But related to that also is the idea that Superman is doing big things and he's also stopping off to do little things, which we saw from the Superman one, I think is where we see it, where he's like, Gets I'm going to save Lois. Right. Right, right, exactly. I'm going to save Lois, even though a lot of other people are going to perish. And this movie, there's one instance of it, I think. Uh, and mostly he's doing big things. But you see that as the tension. It's like Superman wants to solve the problem that's right in front of him right now and he's not about priorities he's about he's going to do all of it it's just going to take him a minute to get all the things done and i like that as a as a sort of a tiny homage back to the original movie and how people are can be frustrated with superman because they want him to solve their problem instead of somebody else's i love the scene that sort of is the text of exactly what you said which is there's the scene where he flies up and he's up above the earth and he's basically like listening right Mm-hmm. for God, right. something. He's like doing his police scanner of the entire yeah. thing. He says, <laughs> I hear everything, right? And, and the, the, yes, the, I think the question that, that this movie doesn't really want to grapple with because none of these movies can really grapple with it is, you know, if you go off for five years, you're just choosing to like, but you forget about five years. If you want to like go on vacation for a day, 
a bunch of people are going to die that day. And and like or how pretend do you, to be a reporter for right, a day. Right. Exactly. So how do you how do you do that? But but it is a really nice moment when he's up there because that's his moment of like, OK, what's my next thing? And it might be a big thing or a small thing or it tends it seems to be a chain of things. Right. Where it's like, well, I'm on to, st- to stop the dam from bursting. But along the way, this guy fell out you know, out of a out of his uh, his cherry picker. And I'm going to p- put him, just swoop him. I mean, the guy who falls from the crane. It's really dynamic because he like catches him and lowers him right down to the street and then zips on. He's got other stuff to do. And mm-hmm. it's a it's just a nice little bit. And and the taxi driver yells at him and drops his cigar, which ignites the, all the gas explosions. It's all connected, people. <laughs> I want to give major props to the visual effects artists who made all of those action sequences sing because there's no way that 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 came from the mind of Brian Singer or the screenwriters that like the the, the way that all of that stuff flows so beautifully yeah. and, and works so well telling story was pre-visualized by people who are buried in the credits whose names you don't know right who deserve radically more credit for it and than they get. and clearly inspired this is, goes back to all our friends people we know who work in vfx right and people are like oh computers they don't they, we, we don't like cgi and all that it's like people who work doing vfx love movies they love movies they think visually they are filmmakers and they love movies and i will tell you i don't know the I don't think I know people who worked on Superman Returns, but I will tell you, they clearly love Superman 1 and 2 and studied it. And you, yeah, and, and, yes. and, and the way he flies, another thing I was going to mention later, the way he flies, where after all of these Marvel movies, the way, and very few Marvel superheroes even fly, when and when they do, it's very like jet plane fly or Iron Man fly. He, he does so much like floating and somersaulting and just oh, kind of hovering so and the gentle mm-hmm. breeze blowing. And that happens in the Christopher Reeve movies. And clearly the VFX artists who worked on this were like, that's how we want this guy to fly. And it's beautiful. And they really did a great job with it. Including the way that the cape flows as he is oh, making all those different movements. It's yes. so beautiful. Yeah. Yes. I mean, capes are silly, except they're beautiful. That's why they draw capes. <laughs> yeah. It's because they're they, beautiful. Yeah, they look yeah. so good. Exactly. Yeah, like people, people make hay out of, oh, Iron Man came two years after this and then Marvel completely redefined superhero stuff. I wouldn't say overall for the better because there is stuff that this movie definitely gets right yeah. when sure. it comes to the, the choreography of the big action set pieces mm-hmm. and ju- the staging, all of it that the the team that was that was working on this had the time to breathe that marvel visual effects teams apparently never, never have do. from the very beginning <laughs> somewhere buried in wikipedia it says that multiple vfx teams worked on this which i i know nothing about movie production so perhaps that's standard it like is. if you have a big it set piece very. but it's interesting to me that that doesn't seem apparent when you watch the movie which is a good a good thing so yeah. to to your point, Jason, about uh, especially the scene, the the, the baseball scene, right? Because that's the the big iconic, you know, like this is Superman's coming out party. He's he's back. He's back. And, and the American and, past, right? Time. And and I think they did talk, re- or or at least visually, I heard that conversation. That you, the point that you're making about how how he solves the problem is is the thing that that makes Superman Superman. Um, but th- how he resolves that problem, right, by catching the plane in and of itself is amazing because he's he's catching the plane to stop the plane, to slow the plane down. But he's he's only using enough power to make sure that he only crumples the plane uh-huh. as opposed as opposed mm-hmm. as opposed to like crushing the plane. Right. And just the the thought about how, you know, the 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 
the psyche of Superman always. I always think about that. I, I think there was an there was an episode of Smallville where uh, Clark is trying out for the football team and he makes the football team, but his dad doesn't want him to join the football team because he's afraid he's going to hurt somebody. And and he's like, Dad, every day I do this. Ah, right? uh, like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so like I constantly think about that and just the challenge of making uh, anything with Superman in it is is so great because, right, like it's at any moment he could lose control. Right. And, and he's calibrating the physics right, there. Right. To not kill the people in the plane, but slow the plane down enough that he can get it to a stop with them still alive. Right. And and although it's it's you don't see him, he's not like talking about that and all that, but you see Brandon Routh is flying around and he and he's like trying to he's trying to get it to stop spinning and he's trying to get it to slow down and, right. and not not break apart and all those things. And you can tell he's trying to figure out how do I save these people? And then and then the wing comes off. It's a great moment, right? Where it's like, up. Oh, Okay. Uh, <laughs> next. Not that way. And he gets them Oops. just right. And, and I like the fact, talking about the special effects, I really like the fact that when he does stop the plane at the baseball park, I know superhero physics are nonsense anyway, but I like the fact that when he does that, the the nose does crumple and right. the metal ripples up the plane. And like yeah. you get some sense of the mm-hmm. physics and the weight of the fact that he's now completely stopped this plane and is holding it upright. And then it goes boom and lands. It's just very well done. <laughs> There's some of that in the sound design too. When he's messing around with planes, you hear the metal sort of creaking, yes. especially when he's got the space shuttle, the 747 and the, and the, and the shuttle and he's, and he's between the two of them and, and he's, you know, holding or, crushing or whatever he's doing to the various pieces and you could hear the the metal sound that i mean realistic is not the right word to say but it it makes sense right. when when you yeah. hear the sound it sounds it, believable. It fits the movie mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. for an unbelievable thing but it makes right. it feel exactly. like it's grounded in reality right, right. grounded in physics even yes. though the physics doesn't make sense it feels real <laughs> right. and sounds real another thing visually that i love uh it, certainly moments in that scene but throughout the whole movie is there are frames and shots that look like Alex Ross paintings. Mm. I mean, this looks like a comic book mm-hmm. in a lot right. of scenes. Well, yeah, that I mean, that scene with him above above the earth, obviously, that is oh, yeah. artist artist render. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, it looks that looks like it could have come off of anybody's cover, a DC cover, at any point. The the quibble that I've got though is as as great as the sequences themselves look and flow, they generally don't have as much drama to them as I would want. Um, whether in the way that they resolve, it just as 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 self contained units within the film that they are, uh, they 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 play great. But I'm never really terribly worried about Superman landing that plane. Um, and, and I would like to feel, I mean, I, I get it. Superman's very good at all these things. He's a God among men, all that stuff. I, 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 I wish that there had been some storytelling to how this really is a difficult thing and how great it is that he is pulling it off and, and, uh, and, and not just kind of leaving it as a very pretty, um, uh, diorama within the movie. I mean, the wing breaking off is a good moment where he's like, oh, yeah, right, okay. where, where he's got that. But I, I see your point. It, it does, like, Lois on the plane, like, they hang a lantern on it. It is the worst lantern hanging I've seen in a long time, <laughs> where the, she literally is like, why, if this is an incredible space launch that's never been attempted before, why is there only one TV network on the plane? Right. And, the, and the answer is, we'll tell you later. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> it, it, is, it is completely nonsense. They could have right. just said she was the pool reporter, and we could have all 
been like, yeah, yeah. that's a thing that could be because you want Lois we on the plane. I get it, right? You want Lois on the plane because it's Superman and Lois is on the plane and all of that. But even when they uh, talk about the pacing of this movie, that's one of the parts that really made me angry is um, it, it, I enjoy it being a disaster movie, but they are showing random people. I guess they're not passengers because this is a, a space launch and not a passenger flight, even though it is just shot in a, a, a an airplane interior. But there are lots of people there that look like they're just sort of like there with their carry-on bags, which right, fall out. For the doesn't, ride. Right, it doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. But we spend so much time watching people reach for, for oxygen masks and and uh, try to buckle their seatbelts. And it's Lois, but it's also everybody else on the plane. And there are moments in there that are beautiful. There's that great moment where you look out the airplane window and Superman just zip, flies right by. It's like, oh, that's so good. But there's a, there's a thing on the wing. There's a thing yeah, on the wing of yeah. the plane. Well, and then there's no <laughs> wing at all. But like, but there's way, there's way too much of that. I know why they're trying to do it because they want to have the stakes of Superman saving the day. But like, it, it, I get that there are people on the plane and that Lois is there and that we want. I mean, Lois is. We haven't seen Lois before, and and so our connection to her is not as strong. And then the, the scenes in the plane are, don't go on as long. Like the action's happening outside the plane. <laughs> the, the most annoying thing regarding Lois in this scene for me is it's the beginning of the movie, literally beating up Lois Lane where yes. she's thrown into the back bulkhead. Right. Like why, why, right. why, right. why, why did we need it's that? Why much. do we need her getting hit in the face by she's, a metal door? She's later? on a plane. She's the only one. She's the only yeah, one getting well, tossed around. I do appreciate that the reason that she is is because uh, she got out of her seat to help the other person who had fallen down. She gets that person buckled in and that's when every all hell breaks loose and she starts flying around. But it was just like, I I am okay believing that Superman can save the plane in all of the ways that he does. I ha But for some reason in the same movie, I have trouble believing that Lois Lane survives all of that without like <laughs> many, many broken Men bones. Many it injuries. Yep. Uh, she, yeah. She 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 loses the ability to spell. She forgets to pick her kid up. She's severely concussed. Well, I, I think mean, yeah, she didn't know how to spell the start. She didn't with. know how to spell before. That's that's yeah, that's pretty true. canonical. But I I would say also when you're strapped to a space shuttle that's launching to space and you're just on a passenger plane, and then you're going Mach one and are on fire and losing a wing. I'm not really that concerned about if you can get to the air or have a belt on or are being <laughs> jostled by carry-on bags because that's not really the life-threatening issue. It's the plane being on fire. And so the movie being like, <laughs> oh, but what if she can't get back to her seat? I'm like, right. I don't care if she's in her seat. <laughs> They're strapped to a space shuttle that's going into space. That's worse. And and all I could think was, this is like, you know, when when they were trying to be very... Uh, technically realistic in the original Star Trek. And they said, well, you don't have sound in space. Well, it looked weird. So we add the sound of the spaceship, right? Just the whoosh. And I think that's what this was. It's like, we won't believe it's it's a plane in jeopardy unless it's a standard, you know, airplane, Airport 77 kind of crowd of people yeah, with carry-ons and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like if it's, if it's just a news reporter covering a military plane, because it's an Air Force plane, it's yeah. labeled Air right. Force. So, you know, just have a minimum compliment. 
it's enough that Lois is there and there are other people, but it doesn't have to be a crowded passenger plane. Shout out it's to the bizarre. PR. Shout out to the PR person, though, the, the, the character of the PR uh-huh. person in this, where literally everything is going wrong and things are going to explode and everybody's going to die. <laughs> and she has no new information about anything. And yet every beat when something terrible happens, she's like, it's all perfectly normal. Everything's right. going to be fine. This happens all the time. Right. And it's like she it is. It, that is perfect depiction of PR, which is there's no information. She doesn't know anything, but she's like immediately instinctually she's like no 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 it's fine it's fine it's not fine lady it's not fine (laughs) i think sadly it's lois stand it's it's a stand-in for lois's an intrepid reporter she does she does she's good at her job as opposed to clark kent who we never see report anything nope uh but but lois you know we later hear that she's won a polar surprise okay sure and so she is not afraid to go into danger and whenever she goes into danger she encounters superman Superman. and she is helpful in in uh with her fellow passengers so it, it's a bad uh, way of standing in for showing that lois is in fact the intrepid reporter in this story and it also put, sort of puts her at odds later on you know we see perry white who wants the superman based story as opposed to the blackout story uh-huh. they keep going back and forth about you know what's the really important story and basically perry white is through the whole thing saying sex sells sex sells yeah. and that's his only point yeah. and and sadly lois character in many ways but in this way specifically pays the price of being that intrepid, you know, reporter who happens to be a woman who had a thing with Superman. I do like that she fights it yeah. and 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 she's frustrated yeah. by it. And yeah. Perry says, yeah. Perry says every other, I think he actually says every other lady reporter is on a rooftop somewhere, which made me roll my eyes, but also be like, oh yeah, Perry White. Okay, I get it. But Shelly, how dare you suggest that Clark isn't going to get to the bottom of the power outage story uh, eventually. Maybe. Eventually. He does not. Maybe. No, Lois solves that one too. She does both stories and does them, does them both well. You know, Jerry would have gotten that story. Yeah, he he died though. So, so it's it's too Mm. bad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I like the scene where James Marsden looks out at Clark and is like, how tall is Clark? Right. right. Yes. And then they're like, no, yeah. because again, hanging a lantern, but it's funny, but it's like, don't, did nobody want to mention uh, that the day that Clark came back to work is the day Superman, Superman reappeared? Oh, yeah, Come on, yeah. everybody. Okay. Okay. So, so that, that moment, and then, you know, Brandon Routh turning and making the goofiest face possible. <laughs> Um, the, the great Caesar's ghost, the, yep. it's a bird, it's a plane. Oh, all of those were so beautifully done. I think those were better than any of the other movies too. In the, in that, it, it, the context is that Jimmy, uh, that the, uh, the lady, uh, or no, the kid with the, with the cell phone, the, tw- you know, 2006 <laughs> cell phone takes a picture of a up oh of God. Superman, uh, 
saving Parker Posey, but uh, Jimmy Olsen's picture is this just of, of a dot flying between buildings <laughs> and that leads to it's a bird. It's a plane. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> and then he gets cut off. It's so uh... nice. I actually had to look up. I, I thought I, I thought I had the right date. You would know it by, because you write about Apple, mm. but I actually had to look it up and go, Oh yeah, they didn't have it's iPhones. Two thousand seven. Yeah, iPhone two thousand seven. Yeah. Well, they they use the word camera phone, which just oh memories. Yeah. Yeah. it's good times. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the blown up, the blown up oh. photo that that kid took with that phone. It's amazing. Is, it's amazing. Yeah. It is. It is the biggest technological impossibility in the movie. Yeah, because that shot is three twenty <laughs> by two forty right. at best. I believe the man could fly. I did not <laughs> believe that photo. I did not believe that. No, no. Yeah, I don't believe that phone could take that picture. No, it's it's just. But it's a good joke at Jimmy Olsen's expense. All right. Um. Characters and actors in this, because that's that's a big part of it. Brandon Ralph, we've talked about. Erica is all here for it. Uh, at the yes. time he I, was, I, can at the, at the I, time can he I was unknown. I just wanted to say, at the time he was unknown yeah. and cast in this, and now I know Brandon Ralph. Yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, and so watching it from the perspective of today, I was like, oh yeah. They, that's a pretty good choice. He's pretty good in this. I enjoy him. He's but lovely. at the time, it was like, who is this guy? I did not realize that. I guess I just I I I only discovered him recently through a Hallmark movie that I mentioned in a previous podcast, oh, so I won't go into that again. Um, and <laughs> I, he's a very pretty man, so like obviously yes, I enjoy looking at him. But for me, I just I think he is incredibly charismatic. He just has Massively this really so. ineffable yeah. charm that is. I mean, like I after watching this, I was like, you know, it's. Christopher Reeve is an like an impossible act to follow, basically. But boy, oh boy, did they do their best, I think, in in casting Brendan Routh, because mm-hmm. I think he he he, you know, nobody's going to hit quite the same heights. But I think he captures the same sort of feel of uh, of of charisma uh, that that I got from Christopher Reeve. So I was just so excited to watch him. Um, but I think there was zero chemistry with Kate Bosworth. And I, I think agree. that she looks like she's about yeah. 12. And uh-huh. I just couldn't i just could not get past either of those things that's my thing i think she did a good job with what she was given but my yeah. big problem was and i looked it up she was 22 when yeah. they made this yeah. which Ooh. means Lois should have been had to have had she, yeah she's got to be she in her early 30s a five-year-old son I mean, good yeah. she's got a five-year-old son she's had a career <laughs> amazingly she's known superman amy and that, adams, all that happened when she was 17 amazingly amy adams who later played lois lane right. in another set of superman movies was <laughs> apparently one of the people they saw and would have been a perfectly suitable age oh. to play the part Yep. in this movie and and yeah i i will so i i like this wow. movie i think it's got a lot of issues and i think it's too long but i enjoyed it yeah. and i enjoyed it more than i enjoyed the other two superman movies kate yeah. bosworth to me is the biggest failure in the movie mm. um yep. and it's not her fault because she's the one who got nope. cast she's gonna take the job right. she's too young <laughs> she doesn't read as lois lane to me I, I i feel like there is a weight that could be brought to that character uh, having the connection with Superman and being abandoned for five years and having a child and then having this new relationship that she built with Cyclops from the X-Men right. and, <laughs> and, and, and having I suspicions about the child. Yeah. And I just don't get it. And they don't have any chemistry either. Right. And it's heartbreaking yeah. because if they could have nailed that, this movie would have flown. I almost said, Oh, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> but, I was hoping but you it's would. just, it's just a miss. So, J- Jason, I, 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 it goes back to the script for me. I don't know that 
casting a different actor would have substantially improved the fact that Lois Lane, who to me in Superman canon, um, and let me get ahead of the people who are going to quote John Byrne to me chapter and verse. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know Superman John Byrne comics didn't Superman. and media. No, he did not. <laughs> Like I, I know Superman canon incredibly, incredibly well down to like, I, I, I could have trivia contests with Mark Wade. Um, and the thing that bugs me the most about this is that in the first two movies of three of which this is the third, because that's mm-hmm. how we're counting it's a trilogy. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Lois is a co lead and Lois is an intrinsic part of the narrative given equal weight to Cal L. Clark Kent Superman and in this, she is a prop. She is a prop to be thrown around, to be a plot device. Um, she is more of a damsel in distress than she is in the Fleischer cartoons, than she was in the black and white TV show. Um, and and like that's the most infuriating thing to me about the movie, that n- you, c- you could put any number of other actresses in this part, but the way that, is, that it is written is so... Uh, so fundamentally, um, uh, uh, it, it is it is undeserving to uh, for 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 what uh, Lois Lane as a character deserves. I agree yeah. about the script absolutely. Uh, I also think she does as as well as she can, given a number of factors. I also give uh, a negative. I also think it's badly directed because even her facial expressions and the way she looks up at Superman in sort of this plaintive way, it's just not Lois Lane at all. Uh, yeah. And I feel like the act. Actress has been asked to do certain things, and I think that that's a funny thing because sometimes you have a performer that's just not right, and the performance suffers, and it becomes wooden or stiff or boring. Her performance is not wooden or stiff or boring. It's badly written, it's badly directed, and she's too young. But she's actually trying. She's doing Look, stuff. She's got she's, she's got heart. She's and she's trying. It's unfortunate. She's yeah, miscast, and, and, and I and I'm not right. going to say. I just wanted to answer really quickly to Moises's point that um that. I, what I'm really saying is um, better casting might have papered over some of it and and there exactly. isn't better casting <laughs> yeah. to do it. Erica, go ahead. Yeah, as I, I completely agree, because as somebody who has watched an awful lot of uh, poorly written Doctor Who from the 1960s, <laughs> 70s and 80s. Uh, yeah, sometimes you can take stuff that's that's just not great and and still have an actor elevate it. And I feel like she was doing her best, but somebody who maybe had a little bit more experience in movies and a little bit more sort of gravitas could have papered over some of yeah. that in a way that she didn't and like you know she, she i still think she did her best and there are moments where are moments. i saw glimpses right. i, I that, definitely saw a few moments it just was there weren't enough moments that, that's yeah. what gets me because i don't disagree with moises that she is not as active at all as Terribly like margot kidder well really just is like her lois is it, she's in it right it, it is it is those those two and here there are those moments, and that's what I find baffling. And I don't know. It's one of those questions of like, what happened in rewrites? What happened in conception? Because oh, no, no, Jason, I figured it out. It, that kiss, that kiss at the end of Superman two, <laughs> it was just so powerful right. that it, just it made Lois so your brain so dumb, right just so, incredibly no, dumb. But it reverse aged her. Like, look, th- there are there are <laughs> things in this movie um, where she's taking the lead and Clark is useless. That it's like I see what the movie's trying to do, and the moment that absolutely intends to be the moment that is the great moment for Lois Lane is that Lois saves Superman in that moment. She jumps in, she goes down in the water, she pulls him up. He has been pulling up planes and stuff all his life and saving people and she saves Superman. But it's just 
not enough, <laughs> right? I, I too little, applaud. Too late. I, yeah, I applaud that it's there because it's like the movie is saying, "See, Lois saved Superman in the end," but it's like, but this movie doesn't really earn it. <laughs> doesn't but then really I also, it. but I, I also cannot help but think she's she's diving into rough seas. With a concussion, right. with a severe concussion <laughs> yeah. from getting slammed that's, in the head by okay. a metal door. It's, it's yeah. okay. James just, Marston uh, is going to stand there dry and watch and make sure she's okay, but not dive in after her. No, no. No, well, just he, stand there. he wades in the water. He wades in the water. And then well, he, his kid is there. Right. He's his not going to. Yeah, he's. Yeah. That kid is there. everywhere. That kid. Is that I mean, kid so there? many, so much time at the office, so right. much time in dangerous yeah. situation. They, they just can't get a babysitter. I don't know what right. that kid is. Always Are all reporters terrible parents? Is this Apparently. a real world yes. thing or is this yes. in the movie? Turns out. When you're Perry White's nepo nephew, right. you get to bring your kid to work. <laughs> and, and could we have used maybe five fewer minutes of him walking around with a wastebasket on his head, growling? I love that part. That was the only part it's I great. liked in it's that great. <laughs> But there was a lot like of it. three times as much of it than you need. Yeah. Um, so I just I just want to say, so uh, Kate yep. Bosworth was definitely very young, but she's only four years younger than Brandon Routh. So, so she's got great genes and she was young when they casted her. Because uh, she does look significantly younger than everybody else that's with her. Well, I mean, it's it's like the the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet. It, that it, instead of Claire Danes, it was originally Natalie Portman, and oh, wow. they started shooting the movie, oh, wow. and she just read way too young yeah. for it to not seem real creepy also i can um, buy superman being eternally young right <laughs> sure right? Yeah. 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 yeah 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 he, he doesn't have to pack a lunch when he goes to space no he, he doesn't, doesn't. he just he eats eat. his cape okay he yeah, the edible cape what he says it's like red vines <laughs> he's in suspended animation it's fine right. it's fine something like that um okay so i want to before we talk about lex luther and we can talk about the other villains too parker posey uh cal penn is a guy who pushes buttons and, is and not says, says nothing. No and says nothing. I was going to say, does like he even one. have a line? No, it's so he has one. He has um, one line. He has one but, line. Before yes. we get to Kevin Spacey as Lex, I wanted to say um, I really like Eva Marie Saint. She she appears at the end, yes. but she really only has one set scene as Clark's mom at the beginning. But I yeah. love it because. If you remember those first two Superman movies, Clark grows up in Smallville and then his dad dies and it's very sad. And he and then he says to his mom, Welp, bye. And right. that and is he, all we get. See her again. No, and he so, sends money home to her. That, yeah. that is specifically yeah. stated. Yes, but that's, yeah. that's yeah. like the but the movie is no longer interested in in the yep. person who raised Clark Kent. And mm-hmm. so for for and their her to name be, is Martha too. Yeah. Mm, uh, <laughs> Why and, did you say that name? And f- so to to have that moment and there's the flashbacks that are kind of fun too where they do a kind of a better job of what a kid would look like running very fast through corn instead of looking like yeah. he's a marionette yes. um but i like eva marie saint is cast in that which is a great uh shelly yeah <laughs> well in, in both in both like movies they hired classic actors to play those roles in the original in the superman one it was phyllis thaxter who's less well known but who was a classic star and of course glenn ford played his father yep. eva marie saint who is still alive we have a joke at lion's towers and she that when we, when we uh, mention an actor uh, who is still alive and we do a movie about them, they uh, sadly oh, no. uh, depart. Stay alive, Eva Marie. Stay alive, Eva Marie. Stay alive. Go, go, Eva Marie. Go. We like no, that you were and, in and this movie. Great, great casting. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and what it says about that, they're like, yes, we're going to actually show Clark's mom again. Yes, thank you. I, had a, I, I felt like they were closing the loop. Again, this is one of the things this yeah. movie sort of does. Closing the loop from Superman 1 of like, yeah, remember his mom? Anyone? <laughs> 
<laughs> he, he, <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, fine. When we see, when we see her late in the movie, it has been so long since we saw her earlier in the movie that it makes you go, wait a minute. Eva Marie, who's Eva Marie Saint? Yeah. Oh, oh wait a minute. I, it's so weird too. Cause it's like, she's just standing outside like, mm, yes, yes. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I wish she had she's more She's actually do weirdly there, good in a very small part. I think, I think she handled it quite well. But what's she going to do? She can't be like, I'm Superman's mom. She can. Martha right. Kent. Yeah, yeah <laughs> she can't. She can't do that. She can't do that. Two other casting things that I really, really liked. It was a nice touch. Uh, the very first scene, which I don't think you need at all. I, I don't care how Lex becomes rich, but fine. You right. have that scene. But it had Noel Neal, who played Lois in the in the fifties TV series and in the original oh. uh, movies. She's right. that elderly woman. Oh. And then later on in the bar, when you have Jimmy and Clark sitting in the bar watching the news about the the shuttle launch, uh, the bartender is played by Jack Larson, who played Jimmy Olsen in in the fifties series. Nice, and there nice. is a wonderful grace note. As as Superman is saving the day, and it just does a quick cut to the bar. It it it's not even zooming in. It's just part of this larger scene. But the two Jimmy Olsons hug because they're so happy. And <laughs> oh, I, nice. I loved that. There's nice. like, oh, that's beautiful. Nice. Can I ask what the hell was in Jason White's inhaler? Was it like, uh, <laughs> is it kryptonite particles like to keep him? from like discovering his powers like what was in that inhaler no i think he really has asthma he really, has really asthma. is allergic yeah. to everything yeah uh, the, i the i think it was it. the so like uh, of of all the things that they didn't triple underline and highlight in the movie i think it was <laughs> lex exposing him to green kryptonite that triggered the manifestation of his powers Mm. somehow yeah that's the ah, that's the that only thing that made any sense to me mm. and 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 the movie didn't lead me to it i had to head candidate there, sure. there is that the scene where, he, where he holds things. it out to the kid and the kid's looking at it and is kind yep. of creeped out right but he's right. he's not affected by it in the way superman is but he but he obviously reacts to it in a way and lex is like oh what's that about and then it's sort of about nothing um but yeah there's a lot of headcanon going on there but i like it because that's a fun scene that kind of doesn't do anything or go anywhere other than be the mystery of his this Superman's kid or not, which is not as much of a mystery as I remember. It's very clear. I, I was I was looking at a <laughs> Wikipedia article about the 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 another appearance of Brandon Routh in the Arrowverse, where he also he played Ray Palmer, the Adam on right. Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Um, but then they did a crossover with alternate universes, and he did play Superman um, again in that. And there's this reference, and the article on Wikipedia was like. Oh, he he makes reference to his son Jason, thereby showing that he did learn about his sons. And it's like it's very clear that he knows that he's a son. He literally says that he's his son to him right. in the scene at the end of the movie. The author of that Wikipedia yeah. article forgot, maybe tuned out a little early. I don't I don't know what's going on there. But um, so I wanted to say, Lex, watching Superman yeah. one. <laughs> one of my fond memories is Lex Luthor's totally crazy. Um, real estate scheme where he's like <laughs> California I, I break it it falls into the ocean now I got the beach yay for me it's it's delightful and bizarre and just comic booky and 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 I and I go with it 
And one of the things I like about this movie is Lex Luthor. Oh, that guy. He's yep. stealing He's stealing meteorites. He's got dreams of more beachfront real estate that he's going to create for himself. He tells the same story. I believe it's the same story. Like my dad's. Yep, it is. Uh, yeah. My man, dad yeah, said man. to me, son, you got to gotta get the <laughs> land. And, and, and this is, I'm going to take a Kryptonian crystal and throw it in the ocean. And it's going to make a giant Lex Island that's going to swamp the rest of North America. But it doesn't matter. People from Europe will come and live on my beaches. It's like and, okay, and it, it'll it'll have veins of green kryptonite, so right. Superman will never be able to can't, go to can't it. Can't go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just a. It's just exactly what I expect a Lex Luthor scheme to be, which is it's ridiculous and involves real estate and stolen meteorites. <laughs> So this is the this is the carryover from the original movies that I hate the most because <laughs> because I mean they they set up uh, Kevin Spacey um, uh, people have given him credit for this performance being really great and everything I think it's incredibly lazy um, <laughs> he is just he is he is mean he is vicious he is bent on revenge uh, it is it is very one note and he shouts one time. Um, it, does it match to the Gene Hackman version of the character? Yeah, in in the least interesting ways, because <laughs> to some extent, Lex is supposed to be something of a, of a, of a criminal genius. And if you're if you're really hewing really really close to the Gene Hackman version of the character, he's uh, much more of a fabulous clown. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, let me let me double back to something I mentioned earlier. Who packed lunch? To go on Lex Island. Lex Island. What, <laughs> yeah. what, what were they? What were they going to eat on Lex Island when they destroyed the entire landmass of North America? They just play poker. Revenge? Crypto crops. They they brought they brought some suitcases. Um, yep. What what, what the was the plan? The helicopter has a, a galley. What was the plan? What was the plan? Unclear. What was the well, plan other you, than when, destroy the entirety when, of North America? When you drop a bomb that's going to create a new continent, what you should really do is just be in a boat nearby and stay there and watch. Right. I mean, okay, I, I will say that that, did, that didn't occur to me, and it's funny, but I, I, what I thought as I was watching the movie was just, he was not planning on staying there forever at that point. He was waiting for Superman to show up so that he could stab him, and then they were going to take the helicopter, go someplace else, and, you know, get construction materials and, I don't know, dirt, because there's no dirt in this place. Like, how are you going to grow a tree for landscaping? I don't know. It's not, it's, it's not a completely Crypto finished trees. plan, but yeah. I honestly didn't have a problem with him going there right away to lure in Superman because I thought that was that was the idea and and I I think probably it was the kind of thing where he he didn't actually know what was going to happen right he didn't know what was going to happen in the model room right and and it surprised him and, and they say he should have this learned isn't like from this that. isn't like with the train and he's like no it's right. not this is not what what because he's a because he's a mad villain who's just decided to <laughs> throw things in the water and see let's what happens let's see what which happens is, which is great from yes. a plot point of view because I, I hate yeah. the idea that he's got this master plan and it's no. going to go to fruition until it doesn't some the men want to see can... the world burn and others want to make a comment right. and the idea that he can make mistakes <laughs> other people want to terraform it that not all of the mistakes are made by his his henchmen because in, in Superman one right. I'm not a, I, I I came for Gene Hackman in Superman one I didn't like it uh, I I don't enjoy that kind of performance uh, and then he has his henchmen sort of do most of the dumb stuff that happens and in, in this movie Luther does things that don't always work and he has to deal with them and I kind of uh, you know we can we can agree that Mr. Uh, the, the fellow who played him is is not one of my favorite people but uh, I like the performance yeah yeah I, I, did, I did too I this is my, my biggest disappointment with Gene Hackman is 
I never feel menace from him. He's right. he is mostly He's just a, a clown. Yeah. yeah. And in this, you know, and and apparently they did say don't use Gene Hackman as an yep, exactly. as a role model, although mm-hmm. it does fit kind of okay side by side. Uh but this is a Lex Luthor that is actually evil, who is actually a cruel, he's scary. vicious, he's, he's scary man. And, and you worry that he's going to hurt the people that you care about in the movie, and exactly. he could do it. And then it's not, buffoonery is not what's going to be what's saving you, because somebody, whether it was Lex or somebody else, made a dumb mistake, because he's perfectly capable of doing uh, dastardly things. It's why when Kitty is repulsed by him, like yes. Miss Tessmacher in the first movie, yeah. It is, um, it, it kind of holds together better than it does with Miss Tessmacher, I think, because she, she gets that one line, um, and she holds it for the whole movie. And, and then there was the moment, um, which David, you know, it's one of my favorite lines in the movie where they say, but millions of people will die. And he says, billions. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, the press gets it wrong. He's like, no, 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 you undersell me. I'm going to kill billions of people. And and she's horrified. She's like, did you mean that about the billions? He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It sort of reminds me of uh, political leaders that we may have had in our presence. In no. Yeah. Or CEOs of yeah. car and social media yeah. networks. I just like, give me my credit. I, I'm going to kill billions of people, not millions. Right. Come on. I'm a billionaire, not a millionaire. What are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> I mean, by my victims. That's what I meant. Also money, but also my victims. So, yeah, it, like, yeah. Lex, Lex, Lex is one of those weird, ill fitting parts of holding over the previous continuity where it's he has to have some things in common with the previous iteration of him. But Real estate. Like, this is, right. now, this is now the third act transformation of him into the vindictive monster who doesn't care how many billions of people he kills right. and and we've just literally added water and here he is <laughs> unless unless you have actively gone I'm going to do the homework and I'm going to watch the first two movies before I go to see this movie Superman Returns in theaters in 2006 and giving your audience homework to do to sell it like it works for us because we saw those movies relatively yeah. recently and we see the continuity of it but if you if you try to watch this movie cold uh, he he just shows up fully formed in like end of a trilogy uh, uh, evil villain mode, and it's a it's uh it's it, it's a bit well, much. It but it works because we know he's he's been in jail. And, yeah. Well, because you can say the I'm same thing about Superman, because yeah. one one of the big criticisms we had of the first Superman movie was how much weirdly placed backstory there was, and in this movie, there's almost zero backstory other than the title card and the repeated explanation later on, because we all know what Superman is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whether we saw those first two movies recently or not, there's some assumption about who's Superman, who's his main nemesis. Even if you don't even remember the characteristics of Lex Luthor, like, you could probably oh, ask he's a lot the bad of people. Guy. Yeah, he's he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I I guess I'm just more pointing to the the bigger um, issues with like at the time and even since then going, what's a good Superman movie to start with? Uh, Superman Returns. There are two movies before it, but uh, forget it. You can skip them. Uh, I mean, the title right really there. Do. Right. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like, think I don't think that you could go into this movie as the first film because it is so referential to the the two that came before it. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I like the title and the way that the film is 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 set is a wink and a nod to the fact that there were four movies and we're going to pretend like the two the two ones that we universally say are terrible 
um, didn't exist or at least exists in a universe outside of the two good ones. And now we've got this one. Um, yeah, I just you, you can't start with the Brandon Routh. Yeah, you don't call your first movie in a series Superman Returns. Uh, you yeah. call it Leonard Part Six. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh boy! Don't bring him into this. We no. we already have too many oh, bad actors oh, no. here. Okay. <laughs> um, I, uh, I some other things that I'll just throw out is uh, so James Marsden is in this. He's fine. He's yeah. it's a thankless part. Um, you know what though? I I appreciate the fact that that. That he ends up being a good guy. He's a good because guy. At the beginning He's of the not movie, a bad guy. I was yeah. wondering. Yeah. I was he, expecting him to be terrible. I, didn't, I did not expect him to be a villain, but I yeah. I did expect him to be like a smarmy git, and he wasn't. He was no. a nice guy, and he actually the the moment where the kid is trying to open the door, and you think, oh my god, he's got Superman powers. He's opening the door, and it's his dad that appears there. Like that was genuinely heartwarming and surprising to me. I really yeah. I really like that, and I think he does a good job. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was full. I was fully expecting him to. Um, you know, be be the jealous, like reasonably jealous, right? Like, and it would have it would have made sense. It would have sucked, um, because he was upset with you know how all of this stuff uh, played out. Um, and you know to kind of find out that that this kid isn't, or at least there is a heavy suspicion that not only is this kid not your kid, but this kid is Superman's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is, mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow and, and, and it would be perfectly reasonable to, um, to watch him like kind of walk away from all of this and say right. that, you know what? I, I, he could be incredibly least... insecure. He right. could sabotage Lois right. Right. Uh, and Lois, you know, in her, in her romantic life, obviously, you know, she, she misses Superman and she's not going to get back together with him. And that's not really the central point of the story. But when you're watching the two of them together, there is something of, of that potential in the relationships because she is engaged to this guy. He is ostensibly the father of her kid. We don't know exactly what the situation is at the point where those first scenes happen. And so it would be very easy to paint him as a a bad guy or a cad or just a milk toast or something terrible right. so that you'd go, boy, I sure wish Lois would end up with Superman or even Clark. Right. No, right. she actually has better chemistry with, with the guy that she's she engaged did, yeah. to. She, she kind of has good chemistry. And, you're right. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that, you know, he flies. That's a nice touch. Yeah. I know yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very funny. believe a man can plot a plane. <laughs> a seaplane. And a seaplane. Oh. Not just a regular plane. <laughs> but you know who is creepy and jealous in this movie? Superman. Yes. Who, who goes to Kryptonian. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Yes. yes. Looking yes, through their much, windows, using that x-ray so. vision. Yes. They, That's the creepiest thing in the movie to me. They, yes. Yeah, it it's it's I had that thought too, and I thought I'm gonna yes. give it to him. I know I, I think that they mean for this to be he's checking up on her and making sure she's okay and she's happy and all of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and you you can read it the other way, but I, I don't think the movie's trying to do that. There's the scene at the end where he just comes into the house and sits looking at the sleeping child, and I thought Okay, I'm gonna give it yep. to the movie. This is his. He found out this is his son. He has. He gives him the speech. That's the Marlon Brando speech. We right. see Marlon Brando. By the way, they 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 yeah. got the rights back to use Marlon Brando's footage after the falling <laughs> after out for time. Superman Two, and they're like, oh, finally be, we could use Marlon Brando. It, it would be it would be fascinating if that somehow went to writing down costs of this movie. <laughs> oh, and man. apparently, some of that footage was not just what was in the first two movies. There was you know leftover stuff, and I actually think it was well handled. I think that whether it was yeah. The, the yeah. way they chose it or just his performances somehow i i actually kind of 
I mean, I liked it. It's not the kind of thing that's necessarily easy to buy. You've got this this voice and this footage mm -hmm. that's some of it's been used before and some of it hasn't. And I, I'm really glad they were able to make that deal. I, I read an article that said <laughs> that the actual, because he's only seen sort of like the shards of the crystals and all that, that it's not even, they didn't even use the video footage. It's a, it's a CGI um, yeah. Brando based mm -hmm. on Brando in the Superman movie, but they use his audio and then the, the audio plays back again when he's underwater. And then, um, and then of course, Brandon Routh recites the lines again when talking to his son and it's a it's a, a a nice little coda uh to the movie but it was good to good to see brando again um i wanted to mention a couple other scenes that i really liked and we can go around and sort of like bring out your last thoughts before we wrap up um i love the scene where perry white um who you know he lives large in my head from those first two movies but isn't in it very much no. um <laughs> here we get Frank Langella as Perry and he has that the one scene that I really love is where he goes to all the departments and says every it gives them all a Superman angle for yes. their departments <laughs> it is so good because that's exactly hey I went to journalism school I work for newspapers that is such a great moment of like lifestyle what does it all mean <laughs> sports how are they going to get the plane out of there <laughs> like every, he's got an angle for everyone that's why he's the chief don't call him chief you can call him chief if you want. you're his nepo nephew I call I like Skeletor. I like you. Oh. You can call him Skeletor if you want. I yeah. I, I liked that there is a, a a hilarious to me anyway horror slash villain reveal moment where so Lois and takes her son illegally onto a yacht that's docked next to the mansion God. where there is the that Terrible is the center parents. that is the center of the blackout because again she got to the center of the blackout story and Clark didn't um and she goes on the yacht and then there's the moment where they're in the room and there's all the wigs and the music goes and it's this like terrifying moment and it is simultaneously legitimately great because it is the reveal that this is Lex Luthor's yacht because of all the wigs and also just hilarious because it's a wig reveal that's right. what they're giving us is a wig yeah. reveal and and yet I was there for it so I, I, I thought I, that was brilliant I have scary toupees wigs they bump into him in the uh, hallway he's brushing his teeth brushing his teeth I think what was I, 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 I love to see that's yeah that's perfect good good bit uh so we mentioned earlier lois lane's oh. password is superman in one of the dumbest dumbest computer scenes you will ever see in a movie oh. type in jason uh type, uh type in superman oh god okay you know what you know what killed me now you've worked at all kinds of professional journalism things with with computers and stuff have you ever had to film yourself like shaking your fingers an back animated and forth? login yeah yeah, that also. Your login. Oh, that's a... not my password. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> the Dennis Nedry protocols. <laughs> that's right. Everybody has to do that. Um, I just want to point out that the only reason that Lois Lane and her child don't die horribly sunken in the sea <laughs> is because of a timely fax via... Uh, in 2006, yes. boat yes. fax machine. I have fax fax. machine in all caps in my boat. notes. I have a fax to the rescue in all caps. Fax oh, on my notes. Amazing. It's boat not. Fax. It, yeah, it, it's not fax. Superman who Hashtag returns. Boat, it's the boat. facsimile machine that returns. <laughs> Hashtag boat fax. Uh, uh, but you, but hey, chief, chief, uh, these uh, coordinates sure chief. do look like coordinates, don't they? Oh, it's they so sure dumb. do look like coordinates. And then, and then the Prometheus uh, problem, which is the Calpen and the other henchmen who are 
not as incompetent up to this point. And the one guy plays the piano and he's got the scary tattoo, but then he tries to to uh, kill Lois and, and the kid kicks a piano on him and he dies. Uh, but they're like more competent until the scene where the entire Lex Island is rumbling and is go- and they need to run to the helicopter and they're like, no, no, I need to get my suitcase and my money and my sandwiches or whatever that we brought, my apple, uh, I, I got to bring it all with me. And then when they do that, they've got like literally a spire is coming down. It's the Prometheus problem where they're running forward. And it's like, it's not mm-hmm. that wide, guys. Run to the side. But they don't run serpentine. to the side. And our serpentine. And squish, right. Well, don't serpentine. You just want to go break right. <laughs> just straight on right. And then it will... It'll not crush you like a bug, but it crushes them like a bug. In just one of these movies, I would love for one thug to look up and go, you know, based on the current trajectory, I'm just going to go over here (laughs) and just break right. Yeah. I just want that once. It's the one thug who survives. The only only one. So any other thoughts uh, anybody else have about things that they saw in this movie that they want to comment on? I will just say that the design of the newsroom is is quite something else. It's like we're making a movie and we have a lot of money. So we're going to do a Frank Lloyd Wright designed newsroom. I've never been (laughs) in a newsroom that looks anything like that. Especially when you have Perry White, who's doing the gruff journalist thing and is like, and he's in this like beautiful sort of. Well, Ar- newsroom. It's beautiful because it's like an Art Deco oh, yeah. version yeah. of the Johnson Wax building. Exactly. The, the interior of it. Except it's like, you can imagine that being what Wright looked at to go, hey, let's modernize it. Because it's, <laughs> it's really got those touches that he would never have done. It's Well, you've it's got the lovely. 24-hour news on the right. TVs above right. every right. desk. Right, you have the TVs, yes. which, is, which is absolutely total newsroom. That is 100% yeah. a thing. Then then and now. I mean, I worked in newsrooms at that time where there was literally a TV over my head that I didn't want turned on because it was loud and annoying. But by God, they had it. A lot yeah. of them were not flat screens. A lot of them were big fat tubes <laughs> that I was afraid was going to fall on my head. Yeah, it, it just, you know, another version of open plan hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. a really nice moment. I, I thought a great touch where... Um, Lois says she's going to go out for air and she goes into the elevator. And then what Clark does is look through the door to see that she's going up instead of down. I was like, oh, that's a really nice bit, right? That's how he knows that she's going to the roof to meet Superman is that he sees her go up in the elevator using the x-ray vision. Good. He also no, gives no, her no, that no. body she's scan. Going she's, she's going up to smoke. She's going up to smoke. Yeah, right. yeah she is. But she's also going up because Superman might be up there. That's the other reason she's going up okay, there. Um, the tobacco lobby did not pay for plot product placement in this movie, unlike Superman 2. And as a result, they were able to show tobacco killing in the sense that a guy dropped a cigar and it ignited all the gas in the city. So that is a thing. And she that never happened. actually she, she doesn't allowed to smoke. No, she doesn't no. smoke. She doesn't smoke. Heroes don't smoke. For for a movie that we're covering on the incomparable, I'm just glad that the first thing we see in the model scene, one of the first things is a Zeppelin. Is a Zeppelin. That's sure. true. That's Fly, right. Just That's a nice true. little flyby. Sure. I, I, I also, I'll kind of a lot of shots of a train. I mean, I kind of delighted in the fact that the, the his little train house uh, it has a disaster of its own. It's in its own disaster movie. Yes. But, yeah. Wow, there was a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it's funny. I, I appreciate the fact that Lex Luthor's uh, time in prison wasn't uh, for, for naught uh, because not only did he meet a bunch of people, but he... Learned how to fashion a shank. Yeah. And, yes. uh, yeah. Kryptonite yes. shank. That's shank, a, that's yes. a crypto shank. Yeah. Uh, and breaks Crypt- it off in yeah. his body. Oh, yeah, exactly. Kryptonite shank was my I, nickname I, in high school. I liked, <laughs> I like, I like that bit. That was a good yeah. bit. That was a good bit. I also yeah. liked, um, 
again, hang, I don't know about hanging a lantern. This is more like uh, calling back to something that we talked about in the first two movies, which is you can't really just drop somebody off at prison and say, all right, warden, you know what to do. And then, right. and then leave, which he does. Yeah. And, and so in this movie, Kevin Spacey's uh, Lex is like, yeah, you know, problem with Superman is like Miranda rights right, and due right, process right. and showing up for trials. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. And and I got to say, you know, the the second movie had the the uh, score adapted from themes by John Williams. Right. Uh, whereas this, I think this was the best score since the John Williams one. Uh, it's it's quite lovely. And it, after it the credits, the I didn't notice the score, which I took as a positive. I mean, it yeah. was not that it yeah. yeah it was it was fine. It wasn't the the as we discussed when we talked about Superman one. That score is amazing. Yeah, and John uh, and this one John was fine. Uh, John Ottman has done the scores for a lot of singers' films, and they're almost always lovely, lovely music. Yeah, so, yeah he, I, he incorporates really the like Williams those. themes in the moments where he needs mm-hmm. to, and does which is nice. I, yeah. mm-hmm. the the use of the the Williams Superman overture theme, um, it, it, it's basically whenever he goes into action in this, and it's it, it's good and it's yeah. great. In in future usages, though, I dig the idea of of not showing the extended like everything but instead doing quick cutaways to him doing little things with just one little bitty blare of the of the theme when it cuts away to it as two people are having an argument about whether superman really does anything or whether he gets too much credit that he doesn't deserve and then it's it's you know just i i i dig the use of it here i guess what i'm getting at is i would love to see used um you know differently as 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 more of a full-fledged character because it really is it's a very powerful character in Mm. any movie in which it's used yeah Mm -hmm. yeah jason you mentioned you made slight mention of it earlier but i wanted to touch on sort of the difference between miss tessmacher and and kitty in this Mm -hmm. movie kitty actually feels like a character Um, you know she's she's bad but she's not like completely far gone and i love how like i i twigged pretty early that it was her in the car that was careening around and i was like oh yeah probably she's you know she she's distracting superman so that they can get away with their their meteorite um but then like i see how much she's panicking and i'm like wow this is this is a, a wild plan like she's actually like she has no break she's stomping and it's nothing's nothing's happening and then cut later to her being so upset at uh, at Lex that and this is you know another sort of nod to his character actually being threatening and bad and evil mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that he cut the brakes so that she really would be in danger and maybe she would have died and he didn't really care and she is she's incredibly incredibly upset about that and uh, and and throughout like the entire movie she's holding these these the, the, this poor little dog who has eaten its sibling which. Mm-hmm. Was not like that kind of showed me at the beginning of the movie, like, okay, this is what this part of the plot is going to be like. It's going to be weird. It's going to be gross. It's going to be creepy. And it's going like these are bad people. These are very, very bad people. Um, Except for, you know, at the end, she is and she never really has that moment where she turns around. I mean, she she drops the uh, she drops the um, the things, but she doesn't ever really leave Lex. Luther, like she's just still there with him. Um, Although the fact that she drops them into water, I think is a really bad idea because if Superman hadn't been there right away, is the entire earth suddenly going to turn into crystals? I don't know. But but I I just appreciated her character as an actual uh, character more than caricature uh, in that earlier movie. Well, they they fell onto the Lex continent before Uh, the helicopter took off. Which gets and then gets thrown into space. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which it'll crash into a mirror and free some Kryptonian prisoners. Mm, probably. That's so <laughs> oh, often wait. happens. Space is not very big. The biggest missed opportunities, not bringing back Otis, not bringing back that diner. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, okay. No, nah, never mind. I'm kidding. They, yeah, I think they brought back basically everything they needed to. Yeah. I, I, like, I like that we got Kitty instead of, um, you know, more of Miss Tessmacher. Yep. Um, giving Parker Posey the phone book to read is more entertaining than the best dialogue some writers mm-hmm. can come up with. Mm. Yep, I agree. Truth. Um, I, I had not uh, realized, and they're only six years apart, but like Parker Posey, the other, she she was really uh, playing this in the same way that Elizabeth Banks would have played this part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not yeah. that far apart in yeah, age, but I got that so. vibe of like, oh, she's doing a, 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 the same kind of character that Elizabeth Banks has done in a lot of movies. And it's like, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy yeah, it. She's is, a real character. This is an example of an actor taking a part that's pretty crap and turning it into something that I think is better than improved, had, as it was written. Improved by the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I actually think the writing for that character is pretty decent, but I absolutely agree that Parker Posey does a lot with that character, and both in terms of how she plays independently and how she plays off against Spacey as Lex Luthor. I, I, it's, it's fun to watch. Well, and the, the interesting thing is the, the writers, you know, you have to write Superman, you have to write Lois Lane, and then you find actors to play them. Uh, they actually wrote Kitty with Parker Posey in mind. Right. They wrote Lex ah. Luthor with Kevin Spacey in mind. So that might be why it plays to their strengths a little be. more. Mm, there's a little sense. more chemistry. There's a little more electricity. It's a little more natural. Jimmy Olsen doesn't have much to do other than taking that one bad picture that leads to a funny line. But I also like the moment where Jimmy made a welcome back Clark Kate and then he ate it. Right. He, ate, he ate the part of the cake. Welcome back, like, Clark. A piece of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome he ate back, part Clark. of the cake, and, but he still gives it to him, which is like, what a move that is. And, and he, what does he say? Something like, it looks like it tastes good. And I'd like, I'm waiting for Jimmy to say, yeah, it does, man. Yeah. And also, oh. Jimmy is the the reason that uh, that Richard knows all, you know, I've heard so much about you. And you yes. see Clark can't get really excited. And it's like, Jimmy won't shut up about you. Oh. <laughs> zing, zing. Well, so... Having taken this journey through these three movies, what I what I've learned is that my my misty watercolor memories of the way we were in 1978 <laughs> for Superman uh, that that movie's kind of a mess, and it definitely feels like it's a studio movie mess. Superman two is better, but also a mess. But there's a gem of an idea that sort of isn't fulfilled. Superman Returns is yes a nostalgic homage to those movies as well as a continuation of them. I think it gets a lot of things right. It has got a lot of issues. It could totally be a half an hour shorter, not by even cutting yeah. subplots, but by just tightening it up. Just and also reactions. The, and, the, and the end, there's that moment where um, Superman, like th- they save him and he takes the thing out into space and, and then they go into the, is he dead? Which of course he's not dead. I, I feel like the very, very end I just wish it, it was totally different just because and shorter because it just goes on for so long. But overall, I enjoyed watching this movie again, just like I did before. And it feels more like and this is what going back to my thesis at the beginning feels more like my memories, my beloved memories of the first two movies than the actual first two movies. And therefore, I'm here for it. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie, but I think that it actually deserves to be in the conversation of modern superhero movies that are good because mm-hmm. 
I think it is good. I don't, I think it's got a lot of problems, yeah. but I think it is good. I enjoyed it. I think it's hearts in the right place. And I think that there's a lot of really nice stuff in here. Um, even though, yeah, it's a, it's a half hour too long for it's two and a half <laughs> hours. It doesn't need to be that. I would go out on a limb to to say that people interested in in looking at any of these uh, older Superman movies, I, w- I would say, yeah, commit sacrilege. Don't do five hours of homework leading into this. Just watch this one. Because yeah. to w- your point, like it, it gets the spirit and the vibes. And that's the yeah. most important have, thing. Have you heard about the old Superman movies with Christopher Reeve? That's all you need to do is have yeah. heard yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. And then have watch you, Superman seen a Returns. Of yeah, <laughs> my my big problem with it plot wise, and it's again, it's not a huge thing, but Singer and the writers really hit the the God Jesus Messiah Savior thing a yeah. little too much, yeah. which is why we have is he dead? Oh, and he comes back to life. Oh, and he you know he falls and in, in a crucifix the third position. hour did the movie end <laughs> <Yeah>. three times, <laughs> and and the fact is that. I get it. He's Jesus. I get he's space Jesus. Like, it's very clear from the beginning. It's so clear. I mean, let's play Brando back saying again, my only son. Like, that part of it is, like, (laughs) only there for the biblical connotation. But it never backs it up. (laughs) It never backs it up. Like, I I would just take (laughs) all of those little things out. The only thing you need is, you know, the the line where Luther is, you know, what is a god? They wear a cape and they don't share their powers. Yes. Okay, that's a good line. Good line. But then get rid of all the rest of the religious stuff. I, I have written in my notes the passion of Kal-El. It's like, <laughs> stop it. Well, actually, I- ironically, uh, Jim Caviezel was in consideration. Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Boy, wow. would that have been bad. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> no. Well, um, and, and I think, and actually, I mean, despite what we said about the, the Brando bit, which I do like, the, the whole, the thing that Brando says and the thing that then uh, Ralph says to his kid, that doesn't actually help in any way how, how how does that help the kid be a better superman when he get when he grows up it's right. not useful information it's not for it's the kids it's for it's him it's the god stuff no but it's but what i'm saying is it's about it's more about the god stuff than it is about how to be actually a better superman it's like basically there's a continuum between you and your father and your son that's nice but how does that help that kid figure out what to do with all well, these powers? He's, a, he's, he's asleep. At some point, he'll be more practical when he wakes up. up. But but when he's Maybe, asleep, but he's you're just hang, like you're hanging your hat on that yeah, phrase. It's true. You're, that's basically sort of the motto of the thesis of the movie. And I'm like, what does that mean? Doesn't mean. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I think well, I, I just think thought he movie, was reminiscing. I just thought he was reminiscing about his dad. Yeah, right. I guess. And now I say it to you. Why? <laughs> What's the? You're my son. Right. My dad was Marlon Brando. He rambled. <laughs> Have you seen the Island of Doctor Moreau? It's dad, just very dad, confusing. I dad, I don't no. know what you're saying. You're saying stuff that I'm sure is really important. I but how a does bug. that help me? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is my favorite line in Apocalypse Now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, it's I, I'm going as, home as, now. as Superman starting points go, I I would like to beat the drum momentarily for my adventures with Superman currently streaming oh, on yeah. Very good. Max. Yeah. Very uh, good. It's it's great. Very it good. is it, it's romantic. It's funny. Yeah. Um, it is replete with all kinds of comics references. Um, and reveals that if it, like, if you know the character really well and you know, various character relationships, there are things that you'll pick up on and go, wait a minute, that that's so-and-so. Um, but you don't have to get those references for it to be good and fun and, and light and delightful. And I'm glad that it exists in advance of whatever they're doing to Superman legacy. Yeah. I, I remember walking home from seeing this movie in 06 
um, feeling really introspective and and really thinking about uh, how the movie made me think about more than just action. And I think um, there were there were portions of it in rewatching it that I still got from that, but it and I still I still really like this film. Um, in, in terms of all the Superman films, it may actually be my favorite Superman film, um, complete, you know, from beginning to end. But the, the thing that I'm, I'm stuck with is the fact that the movie that I wanted to see was Superman dealing with the fact that he's got this kid yeah, with this woman yeah. that he loves, who loved him before he kissed her with his magical powers. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, like how he deals with that and how he deals with the fact that part of his, the, 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 his hero's journey and his hero's burden is that he has to let that go in order to be Superman um, for yeah, the rest of the world. It is, it's actually what we said about the, about the portrayal of Lois Lane. It goes for that too, which is. It's in there, but not like, but not dealt with. And you're right. Imagine a movie that really dealt with the fact of like, what happened? First off, you left the earth for five years and all sorts of bad things happened. And people are probably going to be mad at you for that. That doesn't happen here, but people are probably mad yeah. at you for abandoning them for five years. Why have you forsaken me? Oh no, more references. <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> the personal toll, right? That, 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 um, there's a, is this kid mine or not? But like, Lois, surely Lois knows, right? And and there is this, like you you left, you left me pregnant, and I had a kid, and you just were gone. And what this movie does is they have that conversation on the roof where she's like, "Couldn't you have said goodbye first? Like that's number yeah. one on can, your list." Can, can we can we can we talk about the one thing that you just mentioned right there? Because at the end of Superman two. She has amnesia. Uh-huh. She doesn't right. remember any of that, allegedly. Right? Right. So we're oh, oh no, it's an immaculate conception. Right. She now she's uh -huh. got no. right. She's oh, got no. this baby that she knows is Superman's. Because because she tells him on his deathbed, as well, she tells well, him. Does something. she? We don't know. Right. We she don't tells know what she him says. something. Right. The kiss didn't maybe didn't erase everything i guess i, guess. I don't know yeah and didn't erase her love for superman by the end of this movie she knows that you know the the kid pushed the piano and saved her life so it's not richard's kid sure but does she but remember having like, sex with superman <laughs> maybe not i never thought that the kiss erased all of that i thought yeah. it just erased the knowledge that clark kent is yeah, superman I, it has to be it's, that's how they it's took a it. very selective well, kiss. Well, because she learned that <laughs> I mean, as I recall at this point, who knows? Maybe I got amnesia kiss too. Um, <laughs> like that, them sleeping together happened happened in very close proximity to her discovering that Clark is Superman. Um, yeah. So it, it, I, I that was the most confusing thing to me was I I thought that actually the most confusing thing about the movie is is that it relies on how well you remember something, even if you saw it the week before you saw this. It, well, it movie. takes, I think it takes, it, it, this is why it's like, is it a sequel or is it not? It's like, 
it's a sequel to what we want to remember and take from the last movie. So what we want to remember is that they did consummate their relationship. And what we want to remember is they did erase her memory so that she doesn't know that Clark is Superman. What we don't want to remember is that the, the first one came after the second one and it doesn't really make sense that you could erase one or not the other. But this movie doesn't isn't concerned with that, right? Because it's like, look, no, no, we're making a sequel to movies the way we want to think of them, not the way they were. <laughs> It's yeah. a selective sequel. Yeah. It is a yeah. selective sequel. Well yeah, done, so, Erica. So she, yeah, she remembers having had sex with Superman, who she her her that incredibly powerful kiss. Who is somebody made her forget. Right. Who is somebody was what what you looked startlingly right. like Clark Kent. Right. Um, she she just has. I just find it troubling that it, it's weird. It makes that plot point a very hazy like like someone was drugged kind of experience. I, I and, like and, I, yeah. that, yeah. that bothers me. A and lot. that yeah. might be why the, the, and we talked about this in the Superman two episode, the denying of agency of Lotus, Lois Lane. I got to erase your memory now. Yep. Right. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's one of the reasons the screenplay here short, just sort of soft pedals. The whole thing is cause like, once you start pulling at the thread of like, what does she remember? It's like, oh boy, like there is a, that's a whole mess, <laughs> this, right? So they're just like, no, no, no. What you the remember. whole movie, right. the whole movie it is so much better the less you think very hard about yeah, it. It's just, it's a nostalgia trip and a fun ride and, and do not, because again, yes, you, if you start picking it apart, you'll be like, but wait a second. In Superman 2, it's like, no, 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 no. We yeah, agreed you wouldn't go back and watch Superman 2. You just yeah. remember it, right? That's, it's a memory sequel. Right. Memory sequel. You pull too hard on one string, the whole thing comes apart. Yeah. All right. This has been fun. It's been fun to revisit this movies. I think Superman Returns is a good movie. Yes, I think that it holds up in ways that the first two don't and, and fits in with uh, some of the other good superhero movies of the 2000s. Uh, been a pleasure talking about it. Brandon Routh, he's good. He should be in more stuff. Uh, he was Agreed. a good Superman. He was. He was a good good on, on Arrow, too. So yeah, And, yeah. and, and Chuck. Like, and he's good Chuck. in stuff. And Check him out. I and hated and him. he was Check. he was a bright spot in Legends of Tomorrow, yes. even when it yes. was not. Yes. Yes. Exactly. No. Good. Good guy. A good part. Good casting here. Uh, thank you to my panelist, Cicero Holmes. Thank you as always. Uh, thank you, Jason. Well, I hope uh, this experience hasn't put any of you off flying, because statistically speaking, <laughs> it's still the safest way to travel. <laughs> Absolutely, David J. Lohr, Thank you. Goodbye, Lois. Now, hang on, hang on. I've got about five more minutes of me flying. Okay. <laughs> so just, you know, yeah. Shelly Brisbane, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go out and get a cape. Uh, good. Get, make <laughs> no it, capes. Uh, make it an edible cape in case you're on a spaceship for five years. Moises Chuyan, thank you. Sing us a song. You're the piano thug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. So good. Uh, Erica Ensign, thank you. I, I like my emo Superman. You will believe a man can cry. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to do a shout out to the true hero of this uh, movie. The fax machine knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Incomparable. We will see you next time. <laughs>